Hey, hello, and welcome to yet another uh, special edition of Tales of Terramir. My name is Mike Dones. I will be your host and game master for the duration of this all new live play D&D long shot. Uh, <laughs> thanks. This is going to be a limited series of episodes that takes a closer look at uh, some of the conflicts within the Domarian Empire as we follow another unlikely party of new characters. Uh, and speaking of new characters, joining us tonight, we have the ever-so-delightful Hannah Nye, the roguishly handsome Justin Kirkwood, and, of course, our GM of our regular campaign, Wes Ford, the Wes Ford in the player's seat. Yeah. All right. Um, if you guys haven't been paying attention, uh, Wes has been dealing and paying back all the magical damage threefold that my character does in his game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's been great. Uh, Karma's a bitch. I think so. Um, if you have, of it's course, revenge. no, yeah, it's, it's revenge. That's what it is. But um, <laughs> of course, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would suggest heading over to tailtheterramere.com. We have all of our episodes there so you can play catch up. We also have all of those episodes on YouTube and a bunch of cool clips there. And you also have the option of listening to uh, recordings of our most recent sessions on our podcast. Uh, whichever way you decide to do it, just please remember to give us a like and subscribe. Uh, of course, we are streaming live on Twitch every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And um, listen, if you have an Amazon Amazon Prime account, you get a free Twitch sub. So you should totally use that on us. That means ad-free viewing. And that's great because, you know, ads are gross and you get uh, custom emojis and all this other stuff. So do the thing and, you know, find out. Uh, let's see here. We uh, are also on all the socials. That's Threads, Insta, um, Facebook, and TikTok under the handle Tales of Terramir. We post a bunch of hilarious and fun clips all the time, so check those out too. And on that note, we want to say a really big thank you to all of our viewers for getting us to 500 followers on TikTok. Um, that's just really great, guys. We're just playing a game here and we're having fun. And uh, really, that's a huge deal for us because that lets us know that you guys are enjoying the game, too. So thanks again. Um, and you all know who you are. So please, if you have a chance, please come into our chat during the stream. Uh, we would really love to hear from you guys, too, and uh, get some of that play uh, viewer engagement, actually. So uh, but yeah, thanks again. We really appreciate the support and uh, the continued support. and. Um, just happy to have you all uh, join us on our adventures, really. But it doesn't have to stop there. Please tell, keep spreading the word. Please tell your fan friends, your family, maybe even your enemies. More uh, <laughs> than merrier. You can you really like, hate them. Yeah, really. you really hate them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, you could be like, oh my god, I hate you. Uh, but you know, follow Tales of Terramir on all the socials because they're awesome, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> um, it's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, okay, enough. Uh, that's enough screwing around. Um, you fucking nerds, we got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> uh, so let's get back right into our adventure in Tales of Terramir, Veiled Threats.
Last time on Tales of Terramir, Veil Threats. Calidor Tricksilver, the half-elven illusionist, was delivered to the Blue Duck Tavern by a personal contact that set up what was supposed to be a safe transport out of the city of New Domar. While currently, where currently anti-arcane sentiments were coming down hard on its citizens as well as throughout the empire. After an unexpected interrogation to vet his true intentions, he found himself in the company of a group of motley individuals from Star Kalen, a rather commanding and direct woman who is an arcanist herself, to the timid, stuttering Brother Lucas, a Coraline cleric which was an on-site uh, amongst magic users. Also traveling with him and already present was Tygon Opan, an aloof tiefling bard with sharp, succinct words. Uh, a few others seemed to know of his sinister reputation, but nothing explained or explored before the third passenger presented herself. Uh, Vasil Chalfax, a human cleric of Tytar. Again, an odd sight indeed for a mission to ferry Arcanus to safety, as they were known to side with the Empire and report their kind to the authorities for persecution. Revel Ravenrun, uh, the halfling rogue, immediately expressed his distrust in her and made bold threats warning her against betrayal. But before Stark could convince him otherwise, the tavern was visited by Domerian knights, uh, a Domerian knight rather, accompanied by a pair of guards looking for trouble. Bastille, who was trying to lay low for reasons unknown, masked her presence as she instantly recognized the knight who would have recognized her. They instead set their sights on antagonizing Tygon. Uh, tieflings are not only rare in the Empire, but wholly unwelcome, especially by clerics due to their infernal heritage. As one guard helped himself to Tygon's drink, Kalidor took a risk. Uh, stealthily flicking his wrist and whispering the verbal component to cast prestidigitation on the ale, turning the taste rancid. Uh, the bully was caught unaware, spitting it out, and some of it got on Tygon, who only sat silently with smug satisfaction. As soon as the authorities left, after shaking down Royce for some protection money, Star insisted the group prepare to leave. Uh, that was too close for her comfort, and they were ready, already running late. She handed the travelers forged documents for review as the checkpoint would undoubtedly ask for them. The gnome ranger, Serafina, and her dire wolf, Loki, made their way out to scout ahead, but not before getting teased by Royce about her boyfriend. <laughs> the gnome turned beet red, insisting whoever they were talking about wasn't her boyfriend and stormed off. Race had to explain to Star that she was just having some playful fun and was really just happy that among all the hardships that they had faced, that it was a good thing that the pair had the feelings that they had and, you know, uh, fighting for life and the freedom to live it, as he put it. Revel got up to prepare the transport, but not without staring daggers at Vestile before he left. Seeing this, the brother Timid Lucas, uh, the timid brother Lucas, approached Vestile and explained to her that his sister was brutally beaten by Demarian knights who found her guilty of being an arcanist when she, in fact, was not. This was outside a temple of Tytar and the clerics refused to heal her due to their affiliations, and uh, she died shortly after. Needless to say, he still has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Vestile uh, had also recalled some gossip about Lucas himself, an altercation with knights uh, for hiding his own Arcanist brother within the Temple of Coraline, where he served, but couldn't remember if his once pointy elven ear was torn when he defended his brother or during the duration of his re-education when he was taken away after. He was eventually able to return to the approved God's service, but forever damaged both mentally and physically. A 
approaching the gates of the city was a turbulent sight, as everyone from all walks of life seemed to be trying to get out. As Ravel pulled the wagon up to the front, a Domarian uh, officer gathered the group's travel documents and began the inspection. A passenger's, the passenger's attention was drawn to the troubling scenes all around. People lined up for investigations, uh, families being torn apart and others suffering undetermined agony, the source of which the surrounding chaos obscured. One area in particular seemed to stand out as several guards, a guard captain, and even a knight descended on some peasants pleading for their boy's life. The officer shoved Brother, Brother Lucas from behind and began to interrogate him, who gave his name and was left with no further harassment. The man was pulled away, over, the man over here was pulled away by a pair of guards while the mother held on uh, to her boy in fear. And as this was happening, the officer made his way to question Bastille, who, having remembered the information on her forged documents, easily passed scrutiny. The family situation escalated as the guard grabbed the boy. The father's protest answered with a strike to the head producing blood. Then the officer called on Tygon by a derogatory nickname for tieflings and demanded his information. But he shocked his companions and the DM when he gave his real name and not what was on the first <laughs> travel document. Uh, trying to play it off, he began a flurry of SAS talk, testing the officer's patients, who in turn randomly selected him for inspection, or maybe not so randomly, as foiling your own ruse and going on the offense isn't particularly the best policy with these guys. Uh, but Bastille had muttered, uh, good riddance, as Calador insisted Tygon complied. Having pushed up him, him against the wagon, the officer pulled out what looked to be a wand, which everyone knows the use of magical items and artifacts in the Domarian Empire is illegal. This one in particular glowed an intense blue light as he passed it over Tygon's armor and the bag which contained his special singing bowl. The officer called on over more guards as the tiefling stood accused of smuggling uh, magical items out of the city. Meanwhile, the woman was pleading for her boy's life as the another guard held a dagger against him. After the officer moved on to Calador, who effortlessly, effortlessly held up his deception, the guards started to take Tygon away for questioning, but much to the objection of Revel, his driver. But before they could take another step, the escalating scene came to a head when the father broke free from the guards, charged at the other guard holding a dagger to his son's neck, uh, who in turn threw the boy down and plunged the weapon into his chest. In that moment of pure uh, fury and emotion, a powerful thunder wave erupted from the boy, knocking several guards away and releasing his mother, uh, releasing his mother from their grasp. She held onto him tightly, trying to shield him from the inevitable attack. As the guards closed in on them, when almost without warning, the boy exploded in a massive fireball, engulfing everyone and everything in the area. During the commotion. Caldor grabbed onto Tygon by the shoulder, casting invisibility on the tiefling and pulling him into the wagon. Get in the cart, you fool! Tygon cast a darkness, a darkness spell surrounding them, and as the wagon suddenly lurched forward. The guards coming to their senses called out the alert that they were trying to escape, and the they exited as they exited the magically obscured area with a blazing tapestry of fire in their wake. The steel casted calm emotions on the guards blocking the speeding transport who remained indifferent as Ravel plowed through them and sped beyond the city gate. Uh, good move on that one. <laughs> uh, Revel gritted his teeth, commenting how Gideon was going to be pissed about the unwanted attention, but Star, focused on their escape, told him to worry about it if they survived, as she spotted several figures on horseback in pursuit and closing in. We would have been fine, Teeth, if you had remembered the information on your documents, 
Bastille expressed uh, her annoyance at Tygon, who answered with a sarcastic remark uh, about keeping his dignity like the others apparently had. Four mounted guards led by a guard captain moved in to attack the speeding wagon, but they, having been infrequently challenged by bold magic users for quite some time, were not prepared for the onslaught of arcane and divine magic stacked on them. Uh, fear crept up their spines, metal was heated, emotions were calm, and feelings were hurt as the initial wave was dealt with almost immediately as soon as it began. Uh, immediately as soon as it began. Uh, a Domerian knight did catch up to them and join the fray, throwing a spear into the wagon spokes and toppling it over in its tracks. But the re uh, recovering from his fall, Kalidor's fireball finished off the first uh, set of guards. And there are horses, you bastard. Uh, you monster. Uh, another night arrived, but was too late as they attempted to take on the escapees single-handedly and the unlikely tribal companions overwhelmed them with their abilities, desperately making a final push to escape the Empire's clutches for now. So we come back to this small stretch uh, along the Imperial Road just outside the capital city of New Domar, where the party of fugitives are recovering from their battle. The cart is still toppled over, over and the Domarian Knight bound with rope before you you guys did a lot last session <laughs> you did do a lot uh do you guys have a lot to us at all <laughs> yeah it's true uh let's see here i believe um we can we're not going to be here for very long but we'll go ahead and bring you to the imperial road map the car is still toppled over and if you remember you didn't actually kill the Demarian knight uh you calmed him held him and uh, tied him up in ropes and then kicked him over. I believe Tygon spit on him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's still alive as you guys are still recovering from your uh, initial battle. No questions? Did we end up turning the card over at the end? Uh, yes and no. We're going to kind of skip back on that here so that you know we can just kind of play it out and stuff. So um, in the meanwhile, uh, Star is saying, you know, brother, Lucas, come back. Coward. <laughs> she doesn't really say that, sorry. I don't know why. Uh, can I quickly just, just kind of just instinctively kind of scan around to see if there's anyone else coming? Is, are there are there any other guards on the way? Or are we alone? Sure, absolutely. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check, please. six <laughs> all right no you're uh you're still kind of uh, even though you fell and you got up and you recovered you all of a sudden it's that wave of adrenaline stops uh fueling your <laughs> you know feeling your body and you're just like oh crap and you're feeling the uh your side so you're not really paying attention you can't really see what's beyond in the horizon um anybody else All right. Yeah. So in the meantime, Brother Lucas eventually makes his way back. Uh, and uh, you see Star, she uh, holds up her hands and she uses a magic spell to write the cart as Brother Lucas comes over and starts casting mending on the spokes and the wheels. Uh, you'll make a kind of a team effort to get this cart back together. Um, uh, let's see here. In the meantime, in the middle of all of that, you see Serafina and her wolf 
uh, break free from the tree line and says, oh my God, are you guys okay? You guys just bolted past us and we saw all those uh, guards and knights following you. Uh, and she looks around and is like, uh, yeah, I guess you guys did all right. Uh, you didn't see them falling off their horses, catching fire, any of that? No, it took us everything. To, uh, we didn't want to be on the road and we were uh, riding through the uh, the woods. So it took us a little bit longer to get here. But uh, thank God. God. You missed a good show. Mostly like on my behalf. <laughs> looks like you guys handled yourself pretty well. Um, she she's gonna she says uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get the horse and she uh, uh, speeds off back into the woods to uh, retrieve the horse that broke free from the cart after you guys crushed. Um, don't worry about this guy. This is just one of the random horses that didn't die from uh, magic from errant magic attacks. And again, um, you see this Demarion knight uh, before you. And Revel says, what are we going to do with him? Kind of pulls out his dagger, too. I also pull out my dagger, almost like in sync, because we're buddies. <laughs> we're going to uh, do like a, a buddy stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you this, go. I got like you a, go. Yeah, this takes a, like a really weird turn, you guys. <laughs> Wes is finally unleashed as a player. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, I don't, I don't, you know, I just kind of hold it out, kind of trying, trying to be a little bit intimidating towards, towards the night. Um, but looking towards anyone else to see what other ideas they have. You can take that thing out for air. What's the plan? Kind of look down at the dagger. Well, he saw us escape and he's still alive. Perhaps we should finish the job. Yeah, sounds good to me. Killing him do will it? not made us, make us look good either. To who? They'll eventually find his body. Do you think yeah, they'll find some spin? other bodies too? Uh, they'll find other bodies too. I don't think one more corpse is going to make a difference. Go ahead and finish him off. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on this one. Kind of move in closer. People says, uh, uh, I agree. Um, I think all the Demarionites should die the bastards. Star says, we're not murderers, and he's defenseless now. You just as easily put him in the woods, off the road. He doesn't know where we're going. Do you think it's really necessary? At least knock him out first so he doesn't see us leave. <laughs> Curve stop him until he knocks out. I'm kind of like tapping him with my foot, just like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not helping at all. <laughs> uh, just knocking him out, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, Go ahead, do the honors. Ah, guess I don't want to dirty my shoes. Turn the dagger around to the hilt side and um, pull off his helmet if it's not already off and just try and do a good whack to his head. Oh, go ahead and give me an attack roll with your dagger, please. I'm not very strong. I know. So I know. That's what you do. 
<laughs> I read your character sheet. This is gonna be awesome. You killed my mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not helping. I'm in a weird mood, guys. Oh, <laughs> Uh, do I just do my, should I just do my dagger or just do? Yeah, do your dagger. Yeah. Do non-lethal. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> <laughs> just like bounces off the like side of his like armor, you know, the neck. Uh, you, not a very poor hand-eye coordination. So you, it's a glance. Can, it's just like, oh my God, of, just kill me. <laughs> everyone can kind of see I don't have very good um, yeah, hand-eye coordination or um, any athletic skill whatsoever. I'm just like this thin, skinny. It's kind of awkward for me. Like, ah, I'll try one more time. 13. Uh, oh, you know what? You can actually make it with advantage because he's prone and bound and all that. Thank you. I was just yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So 20. Here you go. All right. You, <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> you stop <laughs> <laughs> he gets knocked out. I'll just I'll just give that to you because I don't you know you're obviously not trying to kill him, but uh yeah um Revel says yeah nice work but uh, that ain't a whole lot of fun. Um so Star's like uh yeah we'll just go ahead and hide his body. Uh, I'm sure it'll take a while for people to find him. So maybe when they search the area of all this whole mess, but um the faster we the, the wagon is all repaired. Whoops, yeah, the wagon is all repaired. So the quicker we get out of here, the better. Yes, seconded. Let's get in. Yeah. All right. Who's that horse? Oh, it's just the uh, the um, random. Uh, oh, it was one of the horses that the Demarian Knight rode in on. Ah. And okay. then uh, so Serafino brings back the. Uh, you know, the horse that you guys had originally on your cart and uh, puts it back on, you know, there's a, a little bit of a team effort going on and you all can uh, get back. Mm -hmm. Does anyone want to do anything while we're in this space right now, though? I take one, one uh, kind of look of reverie on the burning city behind us before I climb into the cart. <laughs> As I climb in, I Don't ask see that uh, every day. Is anyone injured? Is everyone all right? Um, got a couple scratches. I'll survive. Anyone else? I'm a little banged up from falling out of the car, but I'll be all right. I I, I can heal too um, as we're as we're going. So um, if if you if you have any injuries, I can I can take care of it. So please, brother, brother Lucas, saying that. But um, yeah. Um, As Vestel gets on, she kind of quietly looks back towards the body, and she says, like a quick, quick prayer to Titar. Please, Titar, watch over their souls. They were only doing what they were told. And she gets on. You're quite the um, devout servant, Vestel, right? Yes. I am a daughter of Titar. Perhaps it might be good to have you on my side for once. If you are on Titar's side, then maybe I will be on your side. Um, you hear Revel uh, mutter under his breath, yeah, don't count on it. 
Saigon. Oh, go ahead. No, are you just, healing him? Uh, I can. I can heal him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just. I'm trying to uh, pour through all a million of the characters that you guys are going to face. But yeah, um, what were you going to do? Were you going to heal him? Because you, you're more than welcome to do it. Brother Lucas is still a little bit shaken up, so he's trying to get his shit together, much like the DM. Yeah, Tygon um, kind of looks, makes eye contact with Star as he puts his hand on Kalsen's shoulder and casts Cure Wounds. On whose shoulder? On Talador. Oh, Talador is right. Yeah. Right, cool. Level one for nine healing. That's plenty. Thank you. Not such a bad guy, see? Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like, huh. She looks away. I okay. find I'm uh, rather fond of you, uh, especially now. <laughs> Tygen? I think that's yes. your name. Tygen. Yeah, please don't call me anything else. None of your silly made-up names. I have nothing against uh, tieflings. Like, uh, it seems some of our company here. I'm sorry for... To each their own. Things you might have to go through for that. Hopefully we get out of here and find a better place. Well, there's no accounting for taste. Uh, that's for sure. Okay. As you guys are trying to get everything together and uh, having these conversations, the cart is moving uh, forward. Rebel decides to know. Uh, it, the cart is uh, pretty well-mended now, and the horse isn't injured, so you guys are still making a good pace out. Um, even without rolling a sort of perception, each of you kind of in their own time takes a look back to make sure that you aren't being followed. And there is absolutely no evidence that uh, you're being pursued by anybody else, um, Domerian knight wise or otherwise. Um, so you can continue on to your journey. I'm actually going to just bring us here to the map because we're going to do a little bit of uh, theater of the mind. Um, I would, first of all, like to ask over the next couple of days, um, so you guys will be traveling and making camp here and there and stuff. Uh, Tygon, how are you dressed generally for um, travel? Yeah, uh, wearing a rather nice, like decorated uh, leather kind of sort of top tunic. Intricate designs, obviously it's being worn by somebody who uh, is of means. Nice, clean boots so far. It's a little bit and, uh, Oh, and I have a rapier uh, dangling from my side. Okay. Um, what do you, uh, what do you have in the manner of like covering your horns or your tiefling heritage? Any? No, no reason. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh they're blazing. Proud and blazing. Just. Hey, yeah. right? like I'm, uh, let him let loose. Great. No, that's awesome. Uh, how about everybody else? Uh, just in terms of uh, how we're dressed for travel, you're, you're asking? 
travel, obscurity, whatever. Uh, I would say after a day or two, you feel like you're a good bit away from New Domar. Um, if anybody would have recognized you, if you were being wanted, etc. But uh, I just want to get an idea of, uh, you know, your obscurity. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I could probably easily fit in. I'm wearing like tattered, dark uh, clothing, uh, like a tunic with um, sort of like a, an old uh, cloak over me uh, with, I put, often put the hood up and uh, I'm used to blending in. So huh? um, I think I'm used to hiding in, in uh, public places if I have to. You said your, your hood is up on your cloak too. Mostly for when while we're traveling, yeah. Must we're okay. stopped. No worries. That sounds good. And uh, I know you, Vestal, are wearing uh, riding clothes, correct? And you have a purple cloak as well. What is the, your your level of obscurity as well? Um, yeah, she's wearing riding clothes. They look they look pretty nice. They probably look on the more expensive side of things. Um, she has a purple cloak that also looks pretty fancy. It has like gold needling done on the edges of it but um she would probably put her hood up as they're riding by people um but her clothes do look, do look really nice what about your symbol of tatar uh she wears it out proudly excellent neck. okay yeah. all right um all of you give me a general stealth roll please <laughs> Oh, 17. Excellent. Okay. 16 for Vestal and 6 for um, Tygon. All right. So that tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, if you look on the map, of course, you guys are somewhere in between New Domar and you're headed uh, north uh, along the um, Imperial Road. Um, uh, travel on the road remains surprisingly uneventful. Thanks to Serafina and Loki scouting head, you've been able to avoid any sort of complicated entanglements with associates of the Empire, or uh, and as a result, you're able to keep a steady pace to your destination. Uh, you've been pretty much moving along the edge of this forest called the Golden Thicket. Uh, it's the it's a dense forest that seems to be in perpetual fall. The leaves always vibrant with reds and yellows, almost golden, um, browns and oranges all year round. The forest itself is flanked between the Imperial Road and the southern reaches of the Arcturus Mountains ex uh, and extends from the city all the way to Halcyon. And so the road splits the visual kind of uh, seasons along the two sides uh, of your journey. You have like the big fall-like trees on the right and just the, the lush green fields on your left. Um, some of you with better educations have heard that it was once a magical place inhabited by elves until the empire drove them out due to their anti-magic stance. After much bloodshed, the one main elven culture that presided within vanished without a trace. Um, so you're on the road for uh, several days. You know that you're gonna be uh, on it for a while. Is there anything that um, anyone wants to bring up or talk about while, uh, or do actually, while you're on the road to pass the time. I have, um, I have many questions for my new companions. Um, I think I'd like to get to know them a little bit better just so, um, I have more knowledge on them. Um, 
I guess at one point, um, I, I kind of talked to uh, Vestel and go, um, so what, uh, what really brought you into the likes of us? Surely someone like you wouldn't be on the run. You look like you have a lot of gold. I may, I may not. Um, I wouldn't say I'm on the run, I'm on a mission. This is a, a mission for Titar, it's nothing, uh, nothing similar to what I'm assuming you all are here for. This is something for my god. And your god wants you to leave the Empire? I'm not 100% sure yet, but what are you here for? Um, you're running because of your magic? Yes. I, I'm an arcanist. I wish to perform my art and freedom, as I think it should be. I, um... I think it's not right uh, what the Empire has done. It's twisted. It's um, it's corrupted a part of uh, what I believe uh, should be natural. And um, I suppose I do have a little bit of a knack for it, but I'm more just interested in the fact that I can tap into it. The fact that I can read a piece of parchment and learn how to cast spells and 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 create something from nothing just by studying a piece of paper and i think that's too powerful for the empire to control so they've decided to cut it out well i'd rather stay away from a place like that even if it is my home and i've decided that's what i'm going to do so I'm leaving. Star interjects and says they've cut it out for people who are not uh, fully on their side. I don't know if you guys noticed, but back there when we were at the checkpoint, the guard was using a wand on Tygon. Um, starting to see more and more of that everywhere. They're being a little bit more brazen with using magic themselves, even though... Uh, other people, the commoners, us, uh, would be persecuted for stuff like that. Well, if only I had pearls to clutch in shock that the empire would be hypocritical. <laughs> How naive are you all? This is nothing new. No, it's not. But uh, it's gotten to the point now where they're not even hiding uh, their hypocrisy. Mm. Good for them. I wouldn't call it hypocritical. They're using the tools needed to weed out these people who are causing destruction. The Empire has kept us safe for over a hundred years now. Why go against them now? Well, perhaps it hasn't always really kept us safe. What if it's just a 
an illusion. <laughs> Something I know quite a bit about. <laughs> That's exactly what an illusionist would say. <laughs> 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 Fucking improvs. <laughs> um, uh, perhaps it's just a mirage. I I never felt safe personally. Even if they like to say that I am. Well, what about that boy back there? Were they protecting us from him? Uh, or um, pretend I said that in Revel's accent. <laughs> <laughs> Were they protecting us from him? He just wanted to be with his family. They caused that explosion. Right. We don't know if he might have, even without all the pushing from the guards. Imagine if he had done that at school. Well, imagine if he was learn. Uh, he was able to learn how to control his power. He was able allowed to be trained. Even so. It's not right killing children, tearing them away from their families. Can I defend that one, Highborn? I haven't seen something like that before. But my whole life, I've known the Empire to protect us. And I have not seen otherwise till today. I have to believe that they were going to take care of that boy in the best way possible, but obviously magic got the better of him. I've seen something like that before, Star says. Uh, I've seen it in, in people who can't control their magic. Sometimes when they uh, unleash uh, some of the energies, they have uh, it sets off a chain reaction of other things. He was too young and too untrained to be able to control it. And I believe that's what happened. It was merely an accident, an unfortunate one, but that's all it was. It was an accident. Perhaps if um, he had learned the right way before all of this knowledge was lost perhaps that wouldn't have happened perhaps it would have been embraced and he would have learned how to control that magic what, what, what about people people like him uh brother lucas points at tygon he can control his magic. He hurts pe people. Yeah, what's your deal anyway, Tygon? Why are you here? You have gold too, I can tell. I just like to uh, steal from people like you. Take my Give me your gold. <laughs> Sorry. Again. I don't know why I'm doing that. Sorry. <laughs> It's your instincts coming in. No, it's your, your <laughs> in. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna rob these guys on this. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, please. What's my deal? Um, well, I don't 
care about politics. I've always been relatively uh, ignored by the Empire, thanks to uh, a pocket full of gold. But I went off for some business, came back, and a bunch of rabble and destroyed my family's home out of sheer jealousy, I assume. My family, who's been living on the pond for countless generations, raised to the ground. I discussed the disgusting waste of it all. Anyway, I just grabbed what gold I could to start a life somewhere else. Should be easy. <laughs> Find another group of rabble to uh, control. Next thing you know, I'll be running the town again. Of course, I'll miss my family. I was fond enough of them, but tears don't uh, tears don't really amount to much. Anyway, can we speed this card up? I really can't get out of here fast enough. You still oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to ask about you? I already talked about myself. Yeah. Okay. You aren't listening I've enough, enough. Are you? <laughs> no, I've, I've heard enough. No, you, you're you're very enthusiastic about uh, how magic will change the world. It's all very heartwarming. Uh, I can't wait to get out of here either. <laughs> uh, everyone sits in an awkward silence for at least the next few minutes as um, the cart goes on and uh, you guys find the camp uh, several hours later to rest for the evening. Uh, this is actually going to be a good time to take a quick break. Uh, of course, we are streaming live on Twitch, which is free for everyone. And if you're having fun, we'd like and like to see us keep doing the thing, then give us a follow. No big whoop. Uh, and how about this? If you subscribe, we'll give you ad-free viewing and free emotes. Eh? <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, but remember, yeah. if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can do uh, you can get a, a Twitch sub for free, which you could totally use on us, and that would be pretty cool if you did. All right. So sit tight, BRB. We'll see you in a few minutes. I'm Mike Dones, and you're listening to the Tales of Terramir podcast. We play live on Twitch every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Subscribe for ad-free viewing, custom emotes, and access to private Discord channels. For more information, check us out at twitch.tv slash tales of Terramir. Yeah, give us more of a countdown than that, Charlie. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we are currently on the Imperial, Imperial Road, uh, traveling for several days um, as we uh, move on to our destination. Uh, does anyone else have anything else they want to say or do while we, in any time in between uh, now and whenever you get to your uh, sort of next destination? There are a few days it's about a week's worth of travel between new domar and where you're where you're all headed uh so there will be opportunities to be camping here and there or camping or you know setting up camp along the road um i do want to say that you you do notice that calador um almost like excited that he's kind of free from the city is almost obsessively going through his notes um like on the road and when camping he's constantly going through he has just like this collection of random pieces of parchment and paper less of a spell book more of just like a collection of random notes you know um, from all various different places and um, kind of just going through them and just like obsessively trying to absorb them um, almost excitedly now that he almost feels like he's not being judged you know 
Star has also made comments too about how it's kind of indicative of the magic culture in this area as you know there's no formal training in the empire it's very dangerous to have anything sort of like that uh lest you become persecuted uh for your abilities and for your uh your talents um so yeah she uh maybe gets into a conversation with you or two also about uh you know exploring those things that you're not able to talk about in the open uh, especially in the city such as being Domar. and i i actually forgot are you you are from new domar too like have you grown up there your whole life i have yes okay interesting yeah right vestel too right uh, yep. and i know that uh tygon is uh from a smaller village just outside i believe mm -hmm. okay okay well uh again due to seraphina's scouting and uh just just something in general you don't seem to find any trouble on the road uh it seems pretty uneventful you guys are making a decent pace you don't have to slow down or hide in the uh in the forest at all um and you i mean you pass by a good number of travelers here and there but that's normal uh but like you said you sometimes you obscure yourself sometimes you um wear your uh, your amulet proudly and nobody thinks seems to think anything different of it there's not much diff uh, not much between uh, new domar and where you're headed so several days pass uh and in the late very late afternoon at the end of the week you approach a small farm just outside of halcyon <clears throat> a young man with wild white hair and wearing white trappings spots you and runs to the barn opening the wide wooden double doors <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> almost without even slowing down rebel pulls the wagon into the enclosure and brings it to a halt and the young man immediately closing them back behind you uh, <clears throat> as you begin to jump off the wagon the young man approaches and gives the halfling rope yeah, one of the you know the ah the arm grass type arm grass their buds you know he says uh good to see you uh you run into any trouble not more than usual my ass is pretty sore you got anything for that and he uh he's like <laughs> and he gives rebel a shove and rebel you know they're shoving buddies right now um he nods towards star and says hey how you doing your ass sore too hardly my posture is a lot better than his. Where are the others? Uh, they headed up to the tavern already. They said to switch out your wagon and bring out some supplies uh, for transport after you arrived. Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to go with you. Good to know. Are you so? Are you here by yourself? No, uh, Grandma Mina. She's up in the house, you know, with the girls. Oh well. I'll be sure to say hi before we leave. Uh, okay, great. No, it'll take about 20 minutes to get everything settled, so you have some time. <clears throat> and the young half-elgivan half man turns towards you all, and he, you know, he addresses you. He's like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm Asher, by the way. I'm uh, kind of giving you guys a casual wave. Actually, I have a picture of Asher right here. I do, somewhere. So 
rather young looking half elf uh half elves you know are a little bit uh hard to peg down as far as age goes but um uh, he looks relatively young for half elf <clears throat> um without even sort of looking at you she oh uh so he's uh he's like hey i'm asher you know and he gives a casual wave and um he spots the stealth and sees your amulet and he kind of gives revel uh like a side look too and kind of minds his own business and goes back to uh maybe unhitching the horses from the wagon and without even looking at star just making a completely awful attempt to be nonchalant about it uh, i'm not even gonna make you roll a perception check he says uh so is seraphina with you guys and for the first time since you've met her you see sort of this small crack of a smile across star's face and says um yes she scouted ahead to make sure that the way is clear she'll be along uh joining us shortly and he goes oh oh great uh, i mean well not great it's good I mean, it's it's totally normal. And he kind of turns and goes back <laughs> to doing his uh, his thing. He's just stammering, and his embarrassment is turned back towards his task. So, uh, Star shakes her head and tells you to follow her, and she leads you all up outside. You kind of leave the main barn and you uh, walk up to the main house, which is it's a two-story stone and wooden structure with a large area of field on both the far side of the other side of it and in the front. Um, the back of it sits at like a fair distance from the edge of the golden thicket. And though the sun's starting to come down over the west part of the horizon, it causes the tops of the trees to uh, almost like glow in the background. There's smoke coming out of the chimney. And as you approach, you can smell simmering meats and vegetables cooked with comforting spices, wafting in the air, complemented by the scent of freshly baked bread and sweets. The door is wide open, but Star stops before the threshold and uh, knocks on the frame gently. And you hear a sweet voice say, you're late. <laughs> Star actually smiles as she walks through, just beaming, says, I'm never late. <laughs> um, and following her, you step into a warm, rustic home where well-crafted wooden furniture welcomes you to the wide open spaces within. A cozy living room gives audience to the large fireplace, a long, heavy table made for a family and their guests leads into the well-stocked kitchen adorned with pots, pans, and all manners of vegetables and in baskets, dry meats and garlands of fragrant plants hanging from the ceiling. In that kitchen, an older woman with long red hair streaked with strands of silver tied into a braided ponytail turns um, towards you with a kind, disarming smile. And she wipes the cooking chores from her hands on her rag. For a brief moment, she makes some of you in particular miss their mother. It's hard to place how old she is as she looks remarkably well through the scant signs of age on her face. Her skin seems to glow, even though she's not standing in any direct, uh, direct light. And uh, speaking of light, as you are looking around the house, you notice that the lanterns are illuminated, but not by fire or candles, but rather unflickering uh, spheres of illumination. 
star, my beautiful dear. The woman um, embraces her and, you know, like does the hand hold, head hold and stuff and says, please uh, tell me you're staying uh, for dinner at least, you and your friends. Uh, she sort of insists turning towards you all. I, I sorely wish, I sorely do wish so. Asher is getting the wagon ready and I just wanted to come and see you before we left. Uh, but I'll be back, you know, after we get them to where they need to be. Um, I'm not really in any rush to get back to the city. She turns to Revel and uh, says, young man, are you still getting into trouble? And she takes the rag and starts wiping his face. And he gets visibly shaken, like pushing all of her fussing away. And it's like, uh, she's like, you're never going to meet a girl if you keep acting up like this. And she's like, I know, I know, I know. And um, I, I, I miss you. I miss you too. And gives her a big hug. But uh, as he's embracing, he sees you all watching and sort of like, oh, uh, strains back up, does his tough guy thing, casual, you know. Uh, and then she turns back towards you all again and says, hello, I'm Amina. Welcome, welcome. Uh, she moves in to embrace each one of you with like the best, most genuine hug you've ever had. And just, oh, it's so good to see, like you've known her for years. Uh, you all must be so tired from your travels. Can I can I pour you some wine? Uh, there's a water closet through there if you'd like to freshen up. We uh, are we feeling well rested from the ride? I mean, uh, mechanically you're well rested, uh, but you know you've been riding all day. Yeah, yeah. You guys have. Yeah, I should have mentioned that too. Yeah, you can have a long rest. Uh, so mechanically you're all full up and stuff but man you've been sitting in that wagon you've been in uncomfortable company uh your asses are sore and you know with the food you know you're tired it's just like you're in a on a road trip so but in a wagon in galatalon so it kinda, <laughs> in dnd so it kind of sucks but um yeah she's you know like she says hey there's a water closet can i get you something to drink Oh, you mentioned closet. wine. Yeah, she pours you some wine. What were you saying, Vestel? Um, Vestel's uh, like, a, a water closet sounds amazing at this moment. Do you have any hot water, perfumes, towels? Uh, not much perfumes, but we have uh, clean, fresh towels in there. Uh, if you really want hot water, we can, can take care of that for you, too. That would be great. She just she walks to the water closet. She... Uh, she follows you for a moment, and you see like there's a basin full of water, and in your view, uh, she waves her hand over it, and you can start to see some of the steam rising from uh, the water basin as well. And she kind of gives you a wink, puts her hand on your shoulder, and says, "Let me know if you need anything else, okay?" Oh, right. She looks, catches Calidor's glance, and I'm like. <laughs> uh, as she comes back out, uh, Star says, uh, where, where are the girls? Oh, they're around somewhere. I, I sent Dana to go fetch her sister for dinner. Um, if you didn't see them with Asher, uh, they probably wandered off in the thicket again. Uh, she's saying all of this as she's gathering goblets and a wine pitcher. And she turns to you all and says, uh, I have, also have some juice from fruits that we grow in the orchid. Um, we can chill it if you want. She kind of winks also and waves her hand over it and you can see 
the sort of condensation forming on the uh, on the pitcher, the glass pitcher, as she casts precipitation to chill the uh, the juice. Star says, "Nina, oh, there, Arcanus, Ryan. It's not a secret, not to me, at least." <laughs> Does anyone want any juice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm is delighted, just like, yes, uh, someone like my own uh, kind, yes. Uh, please, wine, cheers. You know, and pulling the chairs out for in a bag. Um, and Tigran, I will, I will also say, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You, it's, it's a little weird to meet a stranger and have them treat you not only as an equal but not a monster as she you know she pulls the chair out for you puts her hand on your shoulder looks you directly in the eye and seems totally unfazed by the fact that you're a, a, a tiefling of course she doesn't know your dark yeah. history you monster <laughs> her charms are working on uh tygon for sure he's he's got nothing biting or sarcastic to say at the moment she, you know, she has her hand on your shoulder and says, oh, my God, you need something to eat. No, hold on one second. No. Star is always like, you know, we don't have time, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's how when you come out, too, you know, she's pouring a drink for you, too. Would you like some wine or some juice, honey? Oh, yes. Um, juice, please. Absolutely. And she uh, pours you juice, and it's uh, it's ice cold. She's kind of like, how is this also magic? Well, of course, my dear. We're, like I said, we're all arcanists here, right? <laughs> oh, but and she looks at you, Vesto. She says, not you. You're a cleric, aren't you? Yes, my gifts come from Titar. They sure do. I know you. Well, I've seen you in my visions. And she says that with a serious but comforting smile. She leans in and says, keep it close, my dear. I haven't seen how it ends, but that will be important, helpful or very harmful, depending on who gets their hands on it. She squeezes your shoulder and she says to everybody, please, everyone, make yourselves at home, please. And she uh, goes in the kitchen and grabs some plates, basically forcing you guys to eat while Star is constantly sort of, you know, like, oh my gosh, no, we don't have time for this. Um, does anybody share the comforts that Mina is offering? Can you point me to your softest chair? Oh, you can take any any of the chairs in the living room. Uh, that one over there is Gideon's, but uh, I don't think he'll mind that hotel. Uh, yeah, well, I don't mind sitting in his chair either. Anton or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> takes his wine goblet, just sort of uh, makes himself at home, leaning back, taking up a lot of space on the chair. <laughs> just sipping yeah, his wine. Spreading, right? <laughs> like, yeah, man spreading, or tiefling spreading. Spider, right. <laughs> And she you now prepares like small uh, uh, dishes for you all. Does anybody like? I'm sorry, was someone saying something? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say that's. Can I go up to Mina off to the side when she's maybe not interacting with anyone? Just go. Thank you so much for your company. Um, it, 
Did you have? Would you happen to have any spare spells uh, just lying around? Um, any, 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 um, any parchment or, or, or uh, scrolls, perhaps? Um, anything that you just uh, you don't feel like having anymore? I'm just trying to collect what I can. Oh, Seem so like sorry. one quite capable of, of magic. Oh, I'm so sorry, my dear. I um, I uh, don't have anything like that. I my my magic comes from within. Um, if oh, right. you, yeah, if you uh, uh, you know, and having some of that stuff is a little bit dangerous in case the wrong people come around. Uh, I, yes, yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. But you you seem to be a very bright young man. If you happen to run into Gideon later, uh, maybe ask him. He's always got something on his sleeve. No. And I am very sorry, dear. Are you hungry? <laughs> Famished, yes. So she's like shoving, uh, she's like, here, take this. And she has like a small bundle of sweets that she has and she, you know, here, take this, you know. Um, and it's it's a substantial bundle. It's actually enough. Uh, you can count it as a ration, but it's like really good homemade baked goods um, and just made with love, I guess you could say. <laughs> In fact, she, at, at some point, she actually gives all of you uh, like a bundle of, uh, of baked goods too, which you can count as a ration. <laughs> By the way, out of character, do we need to minus any rations? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. It, it's about six days of travel. If you have uh if you don't have that much that's okay uh but do minus any rations up to six uh otherwise uh between all of the rest of the group and seraphina uh being able to produce game and stuff like that she can um, feed you all too but thank you good question as well but uh yeah you guys can add the it's like in the rpg where the the food it's the baked goods it counts as a food for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, anybody else taking in the comforts i know caldor and tygon have made themselves comfortable vestel are you i guess you wash your face and uh are um getting the travel off of you that's correct right she's she's cleaned up as much as possible and she sees the food and the juice that she has, and she asked me, um, was this all made with magic? I don't know. Would you consider love magic? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, not all of it. Uh, I gotta say that um, sometimes when you've been al alive as long as I have, sometimes it's just nice to make things with your hands. Yeah, of course. She'll um kind of uncomfortably she'll sit down and and look at the food and she kind of like prays under her breath. You can kind of hear her saying, Titar, um, please bless this food. Um, but also kind of something along the lines of if this isn't what I'm meant to be eating, let me know. Like give me give me a sign. <laughs> Big lightning bolt tears through the right. house. <laughs> I wish people would stop doing that. <laughs> stop praying in my house. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's fine. In fact, um, after you you're bowing your head, and you're praying, and you notice after you're done that um, you kind of suspect Mina was next to you and almost just bowing her head in silence out of respect uh, with you as well. And she puts her hand on your shoulder again and says, "Let me know if you need anything else, dear." Oh, thank you. Uh, 
I know they said that it was only going to take 20 and 25 minutes, but in that short amount of time, you guys have uh, felt a lot better, especially after six days of travel. In fact, so much so that you each gain 25 temporary hit points. Oh, wow. Wow. For no reason at all. <laughs> Oh, you're not going to come back to bite us. That's definitely not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a it's a very comforting atmosphere. Um, It's a a lot different than most of the places in the city. Uh, Even for um, uh, for some of the well-off people, you know, a lot of that is a lot of uh, how do you say uh, fakeness and people just going through um, what is the word. That I'm looking for just uh, routine and um, pomp and circumstance and all that other stuff. But here you actually feel like you're home and uh, it's a genuine kindness that you're all feeling. And just as you guys are about to settle in, maybe Tygon, you're about to start snoozing on the very comfortable chair <laughs> that you're in and uh, the strong wine. Uh, the wagon pulls up to the house with Asher at the reins and uh, Star says, that's our cue, everyone. It's time to leave. And uh, Mina turns to everyone and says, so soon? Oh, God. And she gives everybody a big hug and t- gives Star a big hug and says, I'm so sorry you didn't get to see the girls. They'll be so disappointed that they missed you. Oh, well, tell them I'll see them when I get back. It shouldn't be too long. Oh, uh, and she turns and grabs a, uh, grabs a cloak and says, give this to Kara, will you? She's always leaving it behind. It's a short blue-gray cloak. But as she's handing it to Star, she momentarily pauses and says, like not letting go of it, and just says, tell her I love her. And I'm so very proud of her. The both of you. You know, you're, you've always been like a daughter to me, she says, with a sort of a solemn face. Star tilts her head like, thank you, Nina, of course. We'll be back. Um, and you all start to leave. Uh, and pile in. Asher jumps off and everything. And you all start piling into the wagon. As you are one of the last to leave, Estelle, she puts her hand on your shoulder again and says, you may not see your role in the grand scheme of things or why you're even here, why you've given up the life you had before all of this. But consider for a moment that Titar puts you in this position, given you this opportunity, you who has this special insight to show you the truth behind what you've been led to believe. Your faith may be rewarded, but not under the roof of the empire. Take care, my dear. She gives you um, a really big warm hug. Thank you. I don't. I don't know how you know that, but if you also believe in Titar, then I have to believe that what he says is for the best. Oh, he can guide you, but sometimes, sometimes he'll leave things in in your hands. Those are the choices. Those are the hard choices that you'll have to make sometimes the ones by yourself. And I know you'll do the right thing. 
Thank you, Mina. Thank you for your hospitality. Of course, you're welcome back anytime, anytime at all, if you ever come back this way. All of you. Uh, and you all pile in uh, back into the wagon, take your, your place. It's a little bit more cramped now since Star is in the back with you and also a large crate with other miscellaneous supplies that are in the back too that they have to take to the tavern. Um, Asher jumps down and runs back in the house to grab up all of his gear. And, uh, you know, Mina's shoving cookies, a cookie bundle in his uh, hands and giving her a big hug goodbye with his mouth full, kind of like a kid leaving for college or whatever. And everyone piles into the wagon. Um, Serafina at that moment also arrives at the house riding Loki and she hops off and uh, reports to Star saying, the way is clear, there shouldn't be any trouble. She says, okay, good. Uh, we should get going then. She turns to Asher and says, Hey, Asher, how, how are you? Hey, Sarah, I, I mean, Serafina. <laughs> and she says, um, you, you can call me Sarah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, you can call me Ash uh, or Asher, whichever, you know, he kind of says awkwardly. <laughs> uh, at that moment, Loki uh, jumps on him, knocking him, him, him over on the ground. Uh, this big giant dire wolf is knocking over this little, this uh, half elf and licking his face. And he's like, oh, God, you know, all right, hey, it's good to see you too, you know. And um, after that goes on for like a minute, he kind of fights him off and, you know, I was like, uh, so hey, listen, um, after this run, my next assignment is taking me to New Domar to uh, meet with a Pangene in contact. Um, and I was kind of thinking that maybe you'd like to go to the city together, back to the city together. And her face gets really serious and says, I don't like to go back to the city. And he says, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I just, you know, I just meant, uh, and then she lightens up and says, Asher, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and she smiles and puts her hand on his arm and says, I, I'd love to. Oh, well, right. Okay, good. Well, uh, I'll see you then. I mean, like, right up, we'll go right after this. Well, not right, right after this, but you know, and he's just kind of stammering through his words and she's just smiling and um, still, he's still fighting off Loki. So she whistles, you know, and uh, he gets off and she mounts him back up and back on and then looks at Asher, gives him a, a kind of a flirty smile, shakes her head and uh, takes off ahead of the cart. Asher now slobbering wet <laughs> or wet with slobber rather gets up brushes himself off and gets on the wagon and uh takes his position on the stage where revel is also sitting and revel just has this huge shit eating grin on his face <laughs> and kind of does this turn towards <laughs> towards asher and asher's just like shut up <laughs> and gives him an elbow and uh the car goes uh, forward to your next destination. Nina is waving in the background. You all be safe. Very tolerable woman. Tolerable woman for a peasant. How, what do you place her at age-wise? Hard for me to tell. She looks like a spry 60. Who are you asking? <laughs> just, you know, just making conversation. I'd say that sounds accurate. Hard to, hard to place the uh, the younger one, Asher, though. But, uh, well, us half-elves uh, sometimes seem younger than we actually are. 
he says, I'm th he turns around, I'm 37. <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> not old. <laughs> uh, How old are you, Calador? Oh, that's a bit of a rude question, isn't it? Ask him a uh, half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 38. I'm not old. <laughs> All right. What about you, uh, Tiefling? How long do Tieflings uh, live, anyway? Too long. Well. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I caught a bug caught in my mouth. And it's yeah. <laughs> How noble of you. Anyway, uh, I find that question rude and I won't answer it. You asked it. Huh? <laughs> you go and gobble over it. <laughs> <and> just ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> This is going great. Uh, <laughs> man, you guys are going to be lifelong friends at the end of this. I'm sure of it. Oh, I'm shit. sure. <laughs> All right, Jesus. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so uh, it doesn't take that long, but by the time you arrive at Halcyon, night has already descended for at least an hour, uh, as if it was helping you kind of abscond in this leg of your journey. A cold air blows through the trees like hush whispers of a long forgotten tongue, and it's peaceful more peaceful than any of you had actually ever expected for something that was supposed to be so perilous. Several of you contemplate what you're to do once you've crossed the borders and are beyond the reach of the empire. For secrecy and safety, you haven't been told how you're gonna get there, but you know it's still a long ways away beyond the Emberim Mountains. The wagon pulls up to a two-story building nestled into a niche of a tree line. Warm light is pouring out of the windows, and it's not an illusion this time. Uh, and Star leads you. Oh, actually, I should probably take you guys to the map. That's probably good. Let's see here. Dun, dun, dun. I need you all to bring yourselves to the bottom of the map. Okie dokie. All right. Are we outside Halcyon? Uh, you are currently now in Halcyon. Okay. Have you ever been here before, Vestal? Um, she's probably traveled here once or twice. Like through? Yeah, through. I got you. Okay. It's a small city, right? Small town. Uh, a little small town, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I see Tygon. See the style. Where are you, Kalidor? I'm right next to um, Tygon. Oh, I see you. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Duh. Uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hanging out with his bestie. Well, I thought we'd be besties until I found out how much of a dick you are. <laughs> you just wait. Justin, we might have a conversation um, in between this and the next game. <laughs> not really. Not really. I'm really 
very concerned about talking to uh, Hannah, actually. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay. So, told me to see. I'm trying to find uh, decent music for this quiz. We'll just go. We'll just go with that. Star leads you through the large double doors as Asher and Rebel bring in the crate and uh, other supplies uh, behind you. Uh, let's see here. We'll go ahead and crack open the door. Big double doors. You kind of do the, uh, it's not a, they're not like saloon doors or anything like that, but you guys uh, walk through. You guys can sort of make your way in here. I gotta, I'm just gonna start putting people in positions where I think they would be. <clears throat> Inside, you find a very comfortable place. Uh, there are two long tables in the center of the room and a fireplace on the far wall with more tables and seating around the perimeter. The room is flanked on the right by an empty stage and a bar on the left where you see three people, uh, the only people in the place, which is a little surprising given how comfortable it is. Still, maybe it's still a little early. Star confidently strides to the woman at the bar and embraces her. Glad you made it, uh, the woman says. And you see a beautiful woman with long red hair bright crystal blue eyes wearing a simple blue top and skirt uh, the long slit on the side revealing her brown leather pants and long uh, leather boots underneath her skin seems to shimmer or glow even when turned away from the light and she has a kind smile and a gentle expression uh, very akin to mina's Star says, not a bad journey this time. Well, not as bad as it could have been. Uh, she hands her the gray blue cloak. From your mother, of course. Um, she says that she loves you and is proud of you. <laughs> then you hear a voice behind her saying, do you always expect trouble? If you did the job right, you shouldn't have any worries. And the man next, standing next to Kara uh, is a tall he's tall and he has black shoulder length hair and is wearing dark leathers he has a calm confident expression and an air of wisdom in his eyes seems as his eyes seem to observe everyone intently star does the arm grasp with him and says well we had an interesting departure <laughs> and rebel chimes in it was bloody bedlam it was it was bed bloody bedlam it was he's cockney now so that's that's canon <laughs> um <laughs> he says that as he and asher are bringing the uh supplies the crate and the supplies to the bar and gideon just uh looks at revel without saying a word just kind of stares at him it wasn't our fault though uh some poor got himself all blown up took a bunch of gods with him Plenty of civilians, too. Star says, we were chased, but the group was able to fend them off rather well, too. 
And the man turns towards you all and says, uh, how, how unusual to be so proficient in the arts within the confines of the empire's embrace. You, must, you all must be very talented, and I'm happy to hear it. Welcome. I'm Gideon, and this is my wife, Kara. And she, um, she smiles and gives a, a polite bow. <clears throat> and the man behind the bar coughs, and he says, oh, yeah. And uh, this, this is Taryn. And he turns towards you all and says, uh, Taryn turns towards you, towards you all and says, oh, don't be shy. Come on, come on up. Uh, we're not the Maple Crossroads, but we still got good ale here. He says he starts pouring a few uh, big steins, like big, you know, and the travel steins for you guys. And he, as he's pouring, he looks towards Estelle and says, oh, perhaps some wine for the lady? Um, just a little bit, please. Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, she fills it almost too. <laughs> <laughs> um, at a, a certain point, too, after a minute. Oh, wait, well, whoops, I didn't mean to have her out. But, uh, you know, uh, Serafina uh, arrives after making her rounds, and, you know, she and uh, Loki uh, take up by the fire as well. Whoops. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take up by the fire and hang out with Asher for a little bit. And as you guys are settling in with your drinks, you notice, Vistel, that Kara is eyeing you. And she kind of tilts her head towards Star and says, is this her? Star nods in response. Kara addressing you, Vistel, says, uh, well met. It's not very often we have a cleric amongst us especially not one of Tytar's. How was your journey? Well, it um, was quite eventful. I'm glad to be somewhere warm now, but uh, it's not the most comfortable journey I've ever been on. Never really is, especially if you're trying to escape from the Empire. Um, Gideon says behind you too, We've been told you're in possession of something, something special. She kind of like looks at Star, like raising an eyebrow. She, if there's anyone you can trust, it would be these two. Um, she'll get up from her seat and kind of like walk over maybe trying to not let some other people hear about it, uh, what she's about to say. She's like, um, yes, I was given a gift by Tytar, or rather a, a journey. A journey. May we see it? She kind of like looks around and looks at Starry again. Is everyone here? A friend? I wouldn't say friend, but you're all going to the same place. Uh, I would say that no one is going to take it from you, if that's what you're worried about. Not here, anyways. If you say so. 
and she'll she kind of she has like a leather bag with a pouch and um she'll kind of scoot in a little bit to this little crowd that they have like looking back at uh tygon and calador trying to you know make her shoulders a little bit broader so that maybe they can't exactly see what she's doing right now they're already drinking they're having drinks. <laughs> yeah they're like <laughs> boilermakers and stuff <laughs> yeah Whoa, I love this guy. I hate <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been here for 10 minutes. <laughs> just got here. You just got here. <laughs> wow. I don't know. <laughs> Swinging from the chandelier. Vestel <laughs> um, will, from her bag, she'll go out, out ahead and she, she brings out this uh kind of gold gold colored artifact is what you call it and then shows it to them um do you hand it to gideon um yeah she, she holds it out to whoever wants to to hold it okay so if he takes it she'll let him he takes it reverently and uh, <laughs> you see this very intricate uh, rod-like object with a jewel uh, or a stone, something inside that looks almost electric. It is just a blazing with power. And Gideon observes it with great, great intent and just awe and wonder. Where did you find this? You said... Titan showed it to me. And... Um... The temple I, I grew up in. I had no idea it was even there the whole time. It was within the temple. Fascinating. And he looks at it for a moment, and then he looks at you and says, Are you attuned to this? I am. And who told you to do that? Titar, of course. I would not have done something like that with, well, what seems to be a magical item on my own. Yes. Very curious indeed. Are you intent on using it against us? Uh, no. Unless it is Titar's will. But no, not right now. Star says gently, I trust her, Gideon. He hands it back to you reverently and says, well, that's good to hear. This is a very rare and important artifact indeed. The kind of only thing a few have the privilege of reading about in very old books or book, should I say. Our, other, our contacts on the other side would be very interested in seeing this. Kara says, uh, Adamar at Redguard would be thrilled to see such a thing indeed, should you allow him. <laughs> and Gideon pauses for a moment and says, I'm not sure you realize just how much danger you've put yourself in, but you must have done it for a very good reason. Keep it close until the time is right. All I can really say is thank you for taking this far away from my Lankovich. What can you tell me about this? I'm, 
I know nothing what, but what my God has told me. This is a very old thing, very old before uh, a lot of our times, maybe even older than the battle of, before the Battle of Spell and Blade. But it was used in that war against magic users. Um, I can't really go into it in much detail now, but rest assured, that's the reason that Milankovitch wants it, to use it against our kind. That's why it's very important to keep it away from him. It doesn't look like it, but it is a weapon. It is a very powerful weapon that would be used to rob us of our abilities. He looks around and says, we can discuss this more later. Just keep it safe. And um, I don't know if you had it wrapped up or in a bag or whatever like that, but he kind of helps you motion, does the motions and helps you wrap it back up to keep it under wraps. Of course. And she puts it back in her satchel. We heard all that, right? Uh, roll a perception check. Because it was, it, it was trying to be hidden, but yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Perception. Seventeen for Tygon. Yeah, um, uh, Tygon and Kaldor and Revel are kind of buddying it up there a little bit with the drinks, kind of shaking off the travel. Um, I would say that Tygon, as you guys are talking to you, you catch a glimpse of it, and you look, you side eye it as well, and uh, you you see what it is. You didn't hear very much. You heard uh, scant things about what they were talking about, but uh, she's got something very serious, very expensive looking, and very old uh, in her possession. Caldor, you're going to sort, <laughs> sort of rubs the tip of his horn in thought. <laughs> Ew, not in here. Take it outside. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I've never heard anyone do that. Oh, yeah. with it's, it's good. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> cracking myself up over here. Jesus. Um, uh, I do. I kind of just, um, I turn to them and. I wonder what that is all about. Starting to find myself more and more uncomfortable with whatever Vestel is hiding. <laughs> Rebels like, you want to kill her? Let's kill her. No. You might have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, over in the next few moments, too, you know, uh, Star starts getting in, Star and Kara start to get in a com comfortable conversation with Vestel if you allow it to um gideon also turns to tygon as well and said at this point and says uh, hey we uh, we don't get very many tieflings in this part of the empire all right we don't get many tieflings in these parts or in the empire in general how have you fared no no one seems to have uh bothered me so far yet a couple of barbs from the 
but uh, <laughs> sticks and stones, right? That's definitely to be expected. Um, where are you headed after this? Where are you trying to go? How far can you get me? Well, we can definitely get you on the other side of the Ember Rim Mountains. We have a couple of contacts. It's not, we don't want to get very specific should anything happen between now and then, but uh, uh, you, after leaving the reaches of the Empire, you'll be free to go wherever you want. Have you been that far? I'm, I haven't, no, I've uh, mostly stayed on my family's property, but fortunately that's not an option any longer. Really what I'm looking for is a nice rustic village with nice hardworking peasant um, people, preferably those who don't maybe have uh, much leadership in their community. I'm something of a leader myself. If you know of any places like that. Mike the Dan is like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there are dozens of villages outside of the other side of the mountains. Uh, no, I'm sure there are uh, many settlements, even undiscovered settlements. Um, uh, that you might have access to uh, actually very uh, accepting communities, uh, people of, I would like not derogatory, but you know, people of your kind <laughs> that might feel themselves comfortable, be able to be more of themselves beyond the reaches of the empire. Well, that sounds absolutely lovely. <laughs> uh, at this point, too, you know, Kara had broken away from her conversation with Vistel and Star and was listening to you guys talk and she looks at you and says you have a dark cloud over you i sense a lot of pain and anger i hope one day you'll find it in yourself to temper these emotions and use those powers to help people and not harm them Yeah, who knows what lies in store for me? Hmm. Sort of scoots away a little bit, takes a sip of wine. Ah, right. Uh, as you guys are still kind of casually mingling, too, um, Gideon actually makes his way over to uh, Calidor, too. And, um, you know, you are have your drink refilled and stuff and sitting at the bar. And he says, uh, illusionist, I can tell. You said this is, sorry, who approached me? Gideon. Gideon, oh, Gideon. approaches okay. you, yeah. He's like, uh, Calidor, is it? Yes. Um, and yeah, I heard your name is Gideon. Um, I, I was told um, from that just lovely grandma woman. Uh, she was just, she, she told me about you. Uh, you. You're a wizard too, perhaps? Oh, uh, Mina. You must be talking about Mina, yeah. Mina, right. <laughs> uh, very lovely woman. Um, couldn't ask more. I couldn't ask better from a mother-in-law, really. <laughs> oh, she's uh, your mother in Wow, that's, well, it's about as good as it gets, I'd say. Absolutely. She definitely keeps me fed, that's for sure. Uh, right. Uh, it's Kara's mother. Um, you... You survived in the city? You lived there your whole life? Uh, yes. 
that and more, you could say. Interesting. But yes, mostly the city. And been able to make your way through, huh? It's a, it's a wonder that you weren't caught or captured. You know, it's <laughs> kind of lean at a little excited. There's not a lot of people that go down the sewers. Found it the perfect place to practice my spells down there. Doesn't seem much has changed since I left the city myself. Uh, practicing your craft away from prying eyes. Yes. Um, um, I, I did the best I could. Uh, I'm mostly self-taught. Um, my mother was a practicing arcanist, but she died when I was very young. And, um, I took what I could of what uh, she left behind and kept hidden. I took some of her own writings and and then I began um, stealing for a living to make ends meet. And that's when I found there's a lot more magic hidden in plain sight than one would assume. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I have to say that reminds me a lot about how I grew up, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, did you grow up in New Delmar yourself? I did for a long while, um, using my magic to get by as well, uh, getting into a little bit of trouble here and there. Um, was an orphan, so I didn't really have many people or anybody to worry about me, but uh, I think you can relate. You do what you can to get by. Yes. It's not out of malicious intent, but it's to survive. It's what we have to do uh, in a place such as the Empire. Yeah. Um, we do what we must to survive, and, and uh, I'll do what I can, too, to keep my craft alive and my mother's. Well, that's really good to say, to hear. Um, here, actually. And he digs around in his uh, little pouch, too, and he pulls out a scroll and says, uh, do you know this one yet? Uh, and he shows you the, um, the magical formula and uh, process to cast major, uh, major illusion. Oh, mate, this is... Um... I, I do not know this one yet. This is um, this is fantastic. I, I can see the the how the lines uh, align themselves, and it just makes perfect sense. Do, would you mind if I I took a look at this for longer study? Uh, what's your power level like? Is it over nine thousand? Because you're, <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really say that. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really say that. There is Mike going off the rails again. Um, Actually, yeah. over the course, uh, he he appreciates, you find that he appreciates your passion for the craft. Um, and he, in fact, gives you some pointers about uh, illusion magic in, in particular. In fact, he is such a good teacher and um, having no formal training before at all, this is like the first time that you've ever had someone sit down and uh, go over something like this with you. Um, yeah. You can actually go ahead instead uh, and... Um, add it to your uh, spells, like your spell book, without having to pay the cost and everything like that. Of that spell? 
Yeah, yeah. So like you don't gain the uh, scroll in per se, but you do get to add it to your, I guess your spell book, your yeah. thing of notes or whatever. So. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, like you just find yourself over the course of, you know, the, the time that you're there, you just find yourself just fascinated about how much he's opening your mind up to your craft, especially with illusion magic, being a, a master illusionist himself. Awesome. All right, so uh, I'll say that you guys are there for a while. It actually also comes up um, uh, that somebody asks, hey, what's the plan? What are we doing? Um, and Gideon says, you'll be riding out to Redguard early in the morning after this jaunty music. Uh, let me turn off this jaunty music. Um, riding out to Redguard in the morning. In the meantime, uh, you know, just sit and relax and enjoy uh some food and drinks uh before you have to travel um and then taryn brings out some food for everybody it's definitely not as good as you think you would have had at uh grandma mina's house but you know you are all starving from traveling for six or seven days too uh you even see uh, people getting into conversations with people they haven't seen in a long time kara talks to brother lucas um uh, again, Serafina and Asher are by the fire and they're conversing. Um, if you have the opportunity to uh, uh, to talk to everybody. Oh yeah, Loki is also on his back. It's this giant direwolf, but he's doing that lazy dog thing where he's just passed out next to the fire. Uh, you know, good boy. Um, <laughs> and uh, does anyone have anything that they want to do or say while they're in this space right now? Great. That's Are we sitting great. down, eating? Or yeah, in fact, you can do whatever you want. In fact, it seems uh, it comes up to that. Uh, you find that they close the tavern uh, to the public right now. It's a kind of a quiet, sleepy town anyways right now. Um, but you guys kind of have free reign. Uh, and you'll be staying upstairs in the rooms upstairs. Elidor. I see you have those papers you carry around everywhere. Do you have anything to write with? Uh, yes, I do. I, I carry around a quill and parchment. Oh. Tell you what, why don't you hand um, me something? I think, sorry. Yes. Caldora, yeah. uh, I've given you a hard time. I think I'd like to make it up to you. I'm going to teach you a spell. And he writes something down on a parchment. He kind of looks around, keeps writing. Says, fuck you. After a while, <laughs> looks around. It's a dick butt. <laughs> it over. Slides it over. Oh my Says, God, guys. Go. Be, be, be careful with that one, Cal. When you turn it over, it just says abracadabra. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, be careful where you point that one. I want to slit your throat at uh, night. Sure you will. I've seen you use a knife before. <laughs> so Tygon just walks, gets up and walks away, goes over to another table. Uh, go to break, go to break. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Oh, God damn it. I'm not giving any of you guys inspiration. You guys are doing great. Stop. <laughs> I already gave you 25 extra hit points. So. Kind of just like take the uh, paper and crumble it up. But then I like kind of like when knowing he's not looking, kind of straighten it out and like use it for maybe scrap later. And put it in that. Turn it around. You're like, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, at some point, too. Um, over by the bar, Revel turns towards the crate that they brought in. Oi, you all hear that? And um, listening in a little bit closer, you hear a faint thumping inside. Kara comes over to the crate and looks at it and kind of holds her hand out as if she's feeling the, um, the space. And she kind of relaxes and says, all right, come out, you two. And you hear some struggling from within. And then uh, after a minute, you hear a muffled, it's stuck. Uh, Taryn laughs and he comes over here and he pries the crate open. And you see two young girls uh, crawl out hiding in the crate. One is about nine or 10 years old, and the other one's uh, a lot younger, probably three or four. Uh, both of them have the same vibrant hair as Kara's, as well as her crystal blue eyes. What? Aww. Kara says, uh, and what are you Mama. doing here? Uh. Kara says, uh, Dana says, um, I just wanted to go on an adventure. <laughs> Um, and I said, you weren't old enough. Does grandma know? No. <laughs> and you had to bring your sister? Gemma, are you all right, sweetheart? And she says, you know, she's smoothing her hair, tucking her hair behind her ears. <sighs> Dana pipes up, the, the older one pipes up and says, uh, she said she'd tell grandma if I didn't bring her along. And Kara turns all the way to Asher by the fireplace and says, Asher, uh, I... I didn't know, I swear. I didn't know they were in there. And uh, he looks really awkward. Gideon laughs, walks over and, oh, actually I didn't uh, pop out. Hey, here they are. Gideon walks over and uh, says, Dana, <laughs> you are going to be a handful when you grow up. And she jumps in his arms, gives him a big hug and says, I'm sorry, don't be love uh, but next time have a better escape plan we could have shipped you all the way to korea and you would have been stuck the whole way uh i will i will kara says there won't be a next time young lady and they're all laughing and having a family uh, moment there and then all of a sudden gideon's face turns sour and he looks towards the door he says taryn Take the girls out back, bring them home now. And he turns to Kara and the rest of you and says, they're here. And uh, now, well, you're gonna have to find it because now we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> uh, before we do though, if this is your first time watching us, hey, just kidding, uh, give us a like and a follow. Uh, and uh, jump into our live chat on Twitch now and throw down some custom emotes, but you only can if you subscribe. So uh, that comes also comes with uh, ad-free viewing. 
so so good uh but if we're not okay so we're gonna we're gonna take a break if we're not back in a few minutes just wait longer mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm mike dones and you're listening to the tales of Terramir podcast we play live on twitch every other wednesday at 8 p.m eastern subscribe for ad-free viewing custom emotes and access to private discord channels for more information check us out at twitch.tv slash tales of Terramir. Great. <laughs> hey. Man with the countdown. Hey, all right. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Uh, hey, welcome back. I'm going to get right back into this seemingly having a, um, a peaceful, relaxing end to a journey. You are now confronted by the sudden, uh, sudden uh, alarm that something is happening. Um, I'm glad I'm right in the front front doors there. <laughs> They're wide open. <laughs> oh, I meant to. I actually meant to close those. I will. I will close those. I'll give you a. I'll give you a shot, Calador. You know. So. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Ashen Lights, Young Gemma and Dana, are uh, talking with their parents and having a, a family moment when suddenly Gideon looks towards the door and has this premonition that somebody, no, no one specific, is is coming. Gideon um, says out loud, hold on a second. He says, turn down the music. I can't fucking think. <laughs> fight music. <laughs> Sorry, fight music. You guys aren't to wait. Let me let me change it to non-fight music because that's where we're at right now. So we're not doing fight music yet. So and not that we're having a fight. No, that depends on you guys. You know. Um, he goes, Sarah, Asher, go with them. Um, they're saying, what is it? An alarm has been triggered. There's a lot of them, too many, and riding too fast for a regular patrol. Something's wrong. Uh, Asher stands up and says, I, I can fight. And he holds his hand out and he summons. You see a, a spectral spear summon in his hand and it becomes uh, just it solidifies and becomes magic, surrounded by magic power. He says, no, we need you to protect the girls. Understand. Uh, he said it's to all of you, too. He says, you should all get out of here. This place has been compromised. Um, does anybody say anything? Of course. Vistel stands up. She's like, but of course we should we should leave now. They followed us. They're here. Somebody, but it's a good chance that it's the Empire. Uh Star and Rebel says, Well, we can stay and fight, or we should should we all leave? Uh this place has been compromised. He says, No. We have to take care of this here and now before more show up. We can cover your trucks. Star says, I can't, I can't leave you. What do the rest of you say? Mistel wants to leave. I'm not a fighter. Well, I say we leave as well. If we can get out of here as fast as we can, otherwise we defend ourselves. Okay. You guys go go, go with Sarah and Asher. They'll lead you out. Taryn, please take the girls. Uh, Kara 
is in the process um, of saying goodbye to her children. Uh, and you see that they're getting very scared. And she's kissing the girls and she wraps the uh, short blue cloak around Gemma. And Dana's like, mommy, mommy, what's happening? Uh, nothing, nothing, sweetheart, don't worry. Uh, you you two stay with Taryn, okay? And uh, smoothing their hair. She gives them both a big extra long hug. She tells Dana, take care of your sister. And Dana's like nodding and tears are welling in her eyes. And um, Taryn says, okay, girls, let's go. takes the girls out. Um, Asher, Sarah, and the um, and Loki uh, all head out to the door. And, uh, and as you guys are, um, are you guys staying or you guys are taking off too? Let's get it's, out of here. Yeah. Is Star yeah, leaving that's... as well or? She is with Gideon and, uh, and, and Kara and much to their pro her protests she's trying to convince them like i, I want to stay here and fight with you guys uh rebel rebel is also like we can take them it's this ain't nothing you know like we have to we have to cover your tracks they cannot find you or the girls we're gonna uh you know we're staying the fight how did they find us you know this is a mixed conversation between all of them i don't know is it is it her? Gideon's like I don't I don't know maybe. And Revel's like who, who her who? And you overhear their conversation. Um, Gideon says something Mina saw in one of her visions. Some sort of night surrounded by darkness under Milankovitch's command. Not sure if it's true or not, but she seemed pretty adamant it was coming like a terrible omen. We know nothing about her except that it's probably the night that took out Wraith. It sounds like you need all the help you can get. Can't ask you to stay. We don't even know what's, how many there are. Sounds like a lot of them. Well, best of luck, I guess. Shall we? Look, I, I slam my hand on the on the table real quick and go, Revel. Are you sure about this? I can't leave them behind, mate. You guys should save yourselves. And even Gideon says, Star, you can't. You have to you have to save them. Otherwise, what are we doing? What is all this for? She's just like, I can't. Kara's like puts her hand on her shoulder and says, It'll be all right. I turn to the others. Right. You make your way out. Find us on the other side. I start walking out. Um, as you are also about to leave through the door, um, and this is, and I'll tell you, this is also still a, uh, well, Hold on. Okay. Okay. Um, 
you guys a difficult decision was just made <laughs> what was that a difficult decision was just made i think <laughs> uh yes no no what are you talking about i have this no, totally under control everything is under control it always is it always is god damn it <laughs> is gonna wait before exiting maybe she's she's gonna stand at the like right at the door seeing if she can do anything on her way out assuming they're walking through the front door whoever's coming uh star hey, what are you doing doors right here yeah star's let's go like, if we're gonna go if we're gonna go now's the time to do it oh star's going okay yeah she oh, can't she, she can't stay around. she's like i have to she she and you can see this pain look on her face uh out of the time that you guys have seen the brief time that you've seen them together uh, with her grandmother, their grandmother and everything that you know that she's a very close friend of them. So this is a very, very difficult decision to uh, do her job. And um, she's trying to get you guys to safety. Mm-hmm. Um, before before Vestal walks out, she she kind of she grabs at her her necklace, her vestment, and she she looks at uh, at Gideon and she'll say a prayer to Titor. Her necklace kind of glows and her eyes glow with this light for a bit and she casts a shield of faith on him. Oh, great, okay. She says, may, may Titor guide you. And she, she heads out. And before you leave, he says, Vestal, keep it safe. Of course. And uh, Star follows you guys and uh, exits. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> here <clears throat> you take the back exit and you barely make it through the tree line and close the door before you uh you go around to the you know how it was kind of nestled into this tree line you make your way around and you see more than a dozen Damarian knights arrive with a squadron of sh- sh- uh, soldiers You could, in the distance, you can hear the low staccato of rapid hoofbeats growing louder and louder through. Uh, and um, after a certain point, you see all of these Demarian knights, all of these soldiers coming uh, directly towards the, the tavern. Uh, in the front, you see, um, you see a couple of Demarian knights but they're being led by another man with uh, long curly black hair that goes down to his shoulders. He's wearing bright uh, silver and white and gold trim uh, armor. Um, Mistel, make a, make a perception check, please. All right. Perception. Ooh, a six. 
Okay, great. You uh, see this man, you catch a glimpse of him. Uh, your heart is beating out of your chest. You think that you recognize him, but it's too dark. There's too many people and you put it out of your mind. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so you don't, you don't recognize him. Uh, by the time, gonna make some uh, shifts here too. You guys are sneaking your way around. Um, and uh, by the time you make it around to the front, you see several of them are starting to use a battering ram to bust open the doors. And as you make your way so that you can fit your face in the front of the tavern, uh, they bust through and all of the soldiers come pouring into the tavern. How far are they from us? They're a good distance away. Uh, I would say that they are too far for you, any of you to make any sort of effective use of your spells, save for like stuff that's way, way far away. Um, Star even says, we can't do anything for them. Don't draw attention to them, please. Uh, and they're muttering to each other. They're saying, ah, this isn't right how did they how did they find us uh, even rebel says well maybe somebody tipped them off and he kind of shoots you uh, a dirty look Vistel with his hand on his dagger um, you're you're at the front end and you duck down as more uh, riders approach and um, in your in your uh, hiding too you hear a he turned around and it's Taryn and he has both of the girls with him. He says, uh, are, are you guys okay? Uh, Sarah and Asher went to go get some horses. They told us to wait here and stay out of view. Um, the little girl, the one that they call Gemma, she starts she starts crying immediately, just getting very uncomfortable, very scared. And Star immediately casts um, a sleep spell on her and she you know, falls into a deep uh, slumber. There's fucking too many of them. They need to get those kids out of here. We can't move. We, need to get out. we can't move just yet. There, there are guards patrolling the whole town. Uh, somebody must have tipped them off. We can't go back to help them. We can't. But you know, it'll be okay. They can handle themselves. Uh, as you guys are all talking, this is like all within the span of them breaking into the uh, to the tavern. Um, you see them at that instance too. They, they they use the battering ram and they all pour into the tavern. Uh, and you immediately hear the sounds of magic followed by agonizing screens of attackers. Uh, you know, Wilhelm screens and everything like that. <laughs> it's like a Harry Potter fight inside, but you know, <laughs> all you can do is hear stuff. And through the windows, you actually see sudden flashes of light, fire, darkness there are strange uh, clouds of smoke that you can see billowing out of parts of the uh, out of the uh, tavern and without warning a giant explosion blows out the whole front of the tavern outwards uh, flaming bodies are just ejected out onto the yard scattering a dozen or more knights onto the ground and guards uh, the horses scatter, all the night horses that they rode in scattered, some of them caught in fire on the blast, and it's just pure bedlam. But deep through the now burning portal that was the front of the tavern, 
you see Kara at the center of it, holding her arms up, uh, magical energies coursing around her. Uh, Gideon is actually kneeling in, on the floor in front of her, just furiously flipping through a large book while uh, holding his side, and he's still casting spells. Without even rolling, you can see that he looks really wounded. Uh, several knights, several of the knights that were flung onto the yard, they get back up and they rush in to attack, but they swiftly lose their lives in a brilliant display of power from both of the arcanists. Um, and by this time, the trees on the perimeter have caught fire and started growing into a blaze, just sort of like a beacon of destruction against the night sky of this once quiet town. There is a rising sound of people in the surrounding area uh, raising the alarm to put it out. Then you see it. The shadow of a rider on a large black horse. This ominous figure in dark armor dismounts slowly and stands in front of the blazing entrance. It doesn't look like a Damarian knight. And you hear a voice in the distance from inside say, Agent Mavix, come in. They're right inside. Another dozen guards and knights move in to surround them. Gideon holds his hands up, manifesting what uh, looks to be some sort of shimmering dome, shielding them from all the spears and the arrows that are being uh, thrown and shot at them while Kara unleashes a flurry of relentless attacks. Just more fire, uh, beams of energy. She flings one through the burning ceiling with some sort of telekinetic power. Uh, one knight is disintegrated instantly. Um, Kaldor, you're you're like geeking out right now because you've never seen such a display of magic. Um, the figure in the front on the yard hefts a large uh, spiked maul on their shoulder and slowly walks forward. And still, you're only able to make out the hard darkness of their silhouette accentuated by the blazing fire coming from within the tavern. And you see the Arcanist there bravely facing the new threat as Gideon struggles to stand. There's a, a brief moment when Kara looks up and looks across the way where you are at. But you have a feeling that she's not looking at you. And um, I took a look with your passive perceptions are good enough. You look down and you see the um, the little girl, Dana. She's standing like a statue. At first, you think her eyes are glowing with fire until you realize that it's just the light from the tavern reflecting off the pools welling in her eyes. Kara's expression goes from fierce to sadness to a comforting smile as she says something. And Gideon looks past the figure too, also meeting her daughter's eyes with a expression of grim determination and mouths the words, next time. He looks at Kara and nods. The magical barrier is still searching from his hands. Um, the figure lifts up the mall and brings it down. The strikes are so heavy 
you can feel the reverberations for as far as you are against Gideon's shield and every, even parts of the burning, um, uh, a burning debris from the tavern begin to shake loose and fall as the figure just keeps pounding on the shield, just pounding on it. And Kara's eyes start to glow, a searing hot light as she is engulfed in radiant energies as spectral wings unfurl from her back. <sighs> the dark figure drops the maul to shield their eyes. And the sorceress builds up a turbulent area of energy all around her as the figure recovers, picking them all back up and starts pounding again and again. It's so furious. They're even using one hand at this point, this giant maul, just to like try to break through this barrier while vivid cracks start to, of light start to form on the shield itself. More knights surround the pair and join in on the assault until finally one of the spears makes it through, stabbing Gideon, then another. And then a, finally a powerful strike from the figure breaks it just as Kara can no longer hold the energies together and an explosion centered on themselves detonates. The force is so powerful, the entire tavern erupts into a massive fireball. The surrounding trees around the, the tavern shatter outward and even all of you are knocked over uh, feeling the heat of fire and flames against your face. Uh, you all recover uh, just as Asher comes by with the horses. Uh, he and Sarah are trying to help you guys up. And Sarah looks up and says, No, no. Uh, Star says, We have to go. We have to go now. Taryn, take take the girls. They'll be safer with you. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll blend in a lot easier without us. It is pure chaos in Bedlam over there. You all gather yourselves together. And as you're about to leave, you see Dana silently staring at the fire where her parents just were. But she doesn't look sad. Instead, you see an expression of pure fury across her face until Taryn pulls her away. You all, as you all are leaving, Tygon, you take one last look back behind you at the wreckage, and you see a pile of burning debris rise up and get thrown to the side. And once again, you can only make out the silhouette of the dark figure standing against the flames, turning its head towards you and staring at you with glowing red eyes. And um, that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. We'll uh, be back in two weeks, I believe on March 6th, for the exciting conclusion of Tales of Terramere, Veiled Threats. Uh, remember to check out the YouTubes and the podcast in a few days in case you can't wait to rewatch slash listen to this episode. Uh, and we'll be, be running the replay again this coming Wednesday at uh, on Twitch, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, same time as usual. Come and join us right now, now on our Discord where you can share your thoughts and feelings about the episode. But um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a good one. Night. Good job. Mm -hmm.